I'm joined now by RNZ business reporter Kim Moody. Kia ora, Kim. The financial ombudsman has a warning for investors. Kia ora, Charlotte. Yes, people trading on high-risk investment platforms are being advised to know the ins and outs of their trades after an investor was left more than $150,000 out of pocket. The Financial Services Council did not uphold a complaint by an investor trading contracts for difference, or CFDs, which allow people to speculate on the change in a value of an underlying asset, such as shares. But CFDs allow a consumer to chase high returns on small deposits. The balance is basically borrowed, which also raises the risk of big losses. The investor complained to the council after losing $150,000 in the trade, saying the risks were not clearly disclosed. But financial ombudsman Susan Taylor says they were, and despite the financial pressures people are facing, investors need to act responsibly. We all know that there are plenty of um, scams and frauds, unfortunately, out there at the moment. But there are also other legitimate high-risk investments. But people don't always understand that if they're chasing a high return, there is likely to be a high risk as well in the product. And they sometimes get caught out by not not really understanding and taking the time to understand the type of product they're dealing with. And that case is an example of that. It was a reasonably unsophisticated consumer dealing with a fairly sophisticated product and unfortunately simply didn't understand ins and outs of the product, essentially. That's financial ombudsman Susan Taylor. Labour market numbers due out this week are expected to show a continuing level of low unemployment and solid growth in wages. Certainly the Reserve Bank has made it plain the labour market needs to ease, with the jobless rate needing to rise and wages needing to fall as part of the battle to get inflation under control. Westpac senior economist Darren Gibbs says a strong labour market and high wages are historically linked to high inflation. That means unemployment should rise and wage growth should ease. It could well be that we don't need a large increase in the unemployment rate to bring wage uh, growth down, but we probably need some. We're in a situation, or have been in a situation, where there's been very little um, spare labour on offer, and not surprisingly that this leads to very, very strong wage growth uh, because people have the ability to um, you know, extract those, those, higher, those higher wages. Um, what we need is a balance between um, you know, the, the right amount of, of uh, spare capacity, if you like, an economy imbalance with demand and supply are imbalance. Now, for the record, forecasters expect unemployment for the three months ended June to edge up to 3.5% and annual wage growth to 4.5%. Expectations are that unemployment will be above 4% by the end of this year and above 5% by the end of next year. Companies will be able to use artificial intelligence to prevent being blindsided by resignations from key staff. The new technology will allow managers to anticipate career movements before they happen. Sharon Davis, the Managing Director of Talent Propeller, says AI can play a crucial role in in workforce planning. The AI can tell you um, Mary, who works in this team, has a 50% chance of leaving her role within three months. With that sort of information, it gives you um, a lot of insight to then take action and ponder about how what you would like to do from there, whether it's sit down and have a conversation with Mary. Um, the data also is overlaid with predictions. So 
for example, if you promote Mary's, it would reduce the risk by X percent. Or if you would offer a salary increase, you could retain this person for X percent longer. Sharon Davis says the technology analyzes existing data in a company's HR platform, such as salary levels, performance reviews, and people's individual role, their age, and their ethnicity. Listed property developer Winton is claiming more than $138 million from Kainga Order for alleged anti-competitive behaviour. The company started legal action last year against the state housing provider because it wasn't given fast-track consent for a proposed residential development in Papakura. Winton asked Kainga Order to use its special powers under the Urban Development Act to fast-track the project, which was rejected. It claimed Kainga Order said it was too busy to process private sector applications. Winton has said the Sunfield project would deliver over 4,000 affordable homes and 11,000 permanent jobs, with a marked reduction in vehicles and using renewable energy. The company says there's no guarantee of success with its legal action, but the cost of proceedings shouldn't materially affect its earnings guidance. The global semiconductor industry is facing a glut of excess stock and a dramatic reversal of fortunes following the chip shortage between 2021 and 2022. Earlier this month, the world's largest memory chip and smartphone maker, Samsung, forecast a 96% drop in second quarter operating profit due to chip glut. Now, closer to home, chip maker Raycon is warning of a $10 million hit to its full-year underlying earnings because of slowing demand from telcos. Joseph Borry from data analytics and consulting firm Global Data says a number of factors have created a perfect storm. First, uh, there is indeed a bit of a hangover from the pandemic as a result of the snapback in demand that was driven by the COVID-19 lockdowns. Uh, If you think about it, on the consumer side, many people had to upgrade their PCs or even buy their first PCs. So back then in Q1 2021, we saw global shipments up 32% year over year. The second factor, you have the supply chain disruption caused by the U.S. export bans of advanced semiconductor technology to China which is now escalating into critical minerals. And thirdly and finally, uh, in part due to the prior two points, many governments have shifted from prioritizing efficiency and globalization to prioritizing supply chain security. Everyone from the US to the EU to India now wants to have domestic semiconductor production capabilities. And building more manufacturing capacity than needed will surely lead to uh, production above the optimal level for the industry. And as a result, to a glut of chips and likely the need for governments to subsidize those fabs to ensure their survival. That's Joseph Bory of Global Data. Well, let's head back here and get the latest on our markets now. We're joined by Brad Gordon of Hobson Wealth. Kia ora, Brad. What's happening on the New Zealand market today? Good afternoon, Kim. Well, yeah, the NZX50 growth index is just sort of finding its feet up 19 points at 11,966. It's been a fairly subdued open, though, sort of just waking up with Australia's open um, just at at midday today. Um, We're all very much just waiting on reporting season and um, company results. Um, Main Freight's update last week has given the market cause um, or pause for thought, um, given the slowdown that they've seen. Um, elsewhere in the market, Auckland International Airport up six cents at eight dollars thirty-three. 
A2 Milk up $0.09 cents at $5.52. Contact Energy down $0.03 cents at $8.27. Chorus unchanged at $8.57. Fletcher Building up $0.04 cents at $5.54. Fisher & Puckle Healthcare up $0.13 cents at $24.43. Mercury Energy up $0.01 cents at $6.50. Main Freight down $0.21 cents at $57.78. Ryman up $0.04 cents at $6.80. 83 spark down one cent at five dollars fifteen. As you said, the the countdown to reporting season is on. But how has Australia opened this morning? Not long into trading there. Yes, just a small uplift of twenty points for the S and P ASX two hundred. That's at a level of seven thousand four hundred and twenty four. And just amongst the majors, BHP is up nine cents at forty five eighty nine. Commonwealth Bank up forty two cents at one hundred and five dollars ninety two. CSL up at Dollar forty at two hundred and sixty eight dollars sixteen. Rio Tinto up fourteen cents at one hundred and sixteen dollars seventy six, and West Farm was up twenty two cents at forty nine eighty three. And how's our dollar trading today? The New Zealand dollar is buying ninety two point three eight Australian cents, sixty one point six US cents against the Japanese yen at eighty six point seven two, against the Great Britain pound sterling at point four seven nine zero, and against the euro at. 0.5587, the New Zealand Trade Weighted Index at 71.1. And that leaves interest rates, oil and gold. The three-month bank bill rate at 5.7%, 10-year government bond rate at 4.69%, uh, Brent crude at $84.90, that's US dollars, and spot gold at 1959 US dollars. Kia ora Brad, that's Brad Gordon of Hobson Welfare. Just enough time left to tell you the Commerce Commission is looking at whether it can at whether it can and whether it should use its powers to force changes in the way consumers pay for goods and services. The Commission Chair John Small says it's investigating how people could make in-person payments directly between bank accounts as an alternative to FPOS card payments. He says electronic cards are losing popularity with fewer people using them and banks issuing fewer of them. We'll bring you the latest business news and numbers around half past five in Checkpoint. For now, Charlotte, kia ora. Thanks, Kim.